Hello and welcome into Maroon and Bold. I am your host and sports editor, Austin Chastain, alongside sports reporter Christian Boer. Christian, how are things going for you, man? We're uh, actually able to kind of be together in in a way. Um, We're socially distant here, but... uh, you know, we're, we're together back at it again. Um, but how are things going for you, man? You know, man, things are going well. Things are going well. Um, surviving. I, I feel like I say that every week. I feel like I say that every week, but, I'm. you know, that's really it. You know, you got to survive in advance. And another week down, oh, we're one week closer to the end of the semester. We're one week closer to what would have been spring break, but unfortunately that's no longer a thing, at least not for this year. So, Got to persevere through that, and um, yeah, man, just keep going. What about yourself? Yeah, uh, same thing. Just like you said, just kind of surviving and advancing, surviving and grinding, but man, it, uh, yeah, pretty much, that's that's pretty much it right there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What I do know, uh, there is a lot to talk about in CMU sports. Um, you know, we we didn't we didn't chat last week, um, but yeah, there now there's a lot for us to talk about, especially given some news on Saturday about the CMU women's team having to postpone, well, actually cancel the initially used the language of postponing Saturday's game against Eastern Michigan, but that game has actually been canceled due to the fact that there's just simply not enough time to reschedule that game. Um, But CMU had to um, not make the trip to Ypsilanti due to a COVID-19 issue and subsequent contact tracing. This is a statement from the Mid-American Conference. Uh, team spokesman was not able to to share any further information, whether it was just a contact tracing issue or just uh, maybe a false positive or one person having a positive test. But and that that's due to the to the HIPAA policy and the kind of the CMU University communication uh, policy. So we don't we don't know much past the fact that they had to postpone a game and, and that's the first game that the CMU women's team has had to postpone I think just in general this season um, but it's definitely I know it's the first one that CMU has had to postpone or well, cancel due to a COVID problem within its own program was was there I, I Christian I can't remember was there one that they had to postpone. Uh, yeah, the Dayton game. They had to go back and forth. That was when Dayton was having some trouble. Uh, that's the only other game that they've had postponed that they didn't make up. Um, the other ones were just mostly reschedules, but not for COVID reasons, just because they wanted to get those games in. So, yeah, it's the first time we've seen this pop up in the women's program. Uh, it comes at an especially concerning time, considering that you know you're looking at if it is an issue within the team, you got about a 10-day quarantine, and that takes you right up to the day before the Mid-American Conference tournament starts. Um, so then, you know, then you're looking at 
potentially going to Cleveland without practicing and trying to make a run in the tournament. Now, the other issue is your win percentage because that's how the conference is going to be decided. And every game you miss, you know, and half the conference obviously wins a game, they pick up wins. Um, then you start looking at maybe playing a better team early on. And for a team that it maybe isn't going to practice <laughs> until the tournament starts, uh, it's going to be kind of kind of tough. So um, Bowling Green picked up the one seed last night, recording this on Sunday. They won it uh, yesterday. So the, the MAC tournament, or not the MAC tournament, the MAC regular season championship streak is over for the women's team. But um, still plenty of potential to make some noise in Cleveland. It's just a matter of getting there now, I guess, which, you know, they've always been a lock to make the tournament. They, they picked it up and they locked it up a couple of weeks ago. But now COVID issues, um, Hopefully they're able to get it figured out. And uh, like you said, also, we don't know exactly what it is, whether it's contact tracing, whether somebody is a close contact or whether they've had some positives pop, pop up. I don't really want to speculate, but uh, that's really just kind of a, a sign of the times where we're all kind of in the dark. And even speaking with a source yesterday, it didn't sound like he had too much of an idea either, just simply because the, everything's so up in the air. So I'm sure we'll get some more news in the, in the coming days. But, um, yeah, kind of a concerning time right now for the women's team. Yeah, it, de- it definitely is a, a concerning time, to say the least. And, and like you said, I mean, there's what that thought that <laughs> – if if it's just a 10-day quarantine, which I think is the conference policy, I can't remember if it is, um, you know, like you said, it takes them right up to March 9th and the tournament starts on March 10th. So there's not really an opportunity, like you said, to practice. Um, and again, you know, like like Christian said, we're not going to sit here and speculate. We're not going to we're not going to do that. That's not what we're about um, yet. There is a thought, I mean, if it's something a little bit more serious, there is a possibility, a legitimate possibility, that's why I'm going to bring it up, that CMU might not be able to make it down to Cleveland and might have to, you know, be exercise the contingency plan that, that the MAC has put out where if the team, if a team is not able to, to go to play in the tournament then that team obviously is not going to play but if they if they opt out of the tournament or decide that they're not able to go to the tournament before the bracket comes out on March 6th the last day of the regular season so next Saturday I guess this coming Saturday because this is coming out on Tuesday um then, you know, be it the nine, the number nine team in the in the standings, or um, yeah, be it the number nine team in the standings just can't make it, or no, 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 the number nine team would go, would move up in a way, and then the whole bracket would have to be reseeded based on the winning percentage, like Christian said. So, um, yeah, it like like Christian said, very. Um, concerning situation obviously if you know if someone has tested positive you know on on, in the women's team um, we obviously hope that that particular person is okay Um, we don't 
obviously we obviously we obviously don't know and we're not going to speculate but if that person has a has you know um registered a positive test we hope that that person is okay and they can get healthy soon um and if it's a contact tracing issue then um, hopefully it's resolved rather quickly so then cmu can make it to cleveland so um and and kind of thinking about it from a basketball perspective like you said they have they won't they wouldn't be able to practice if they have to go into a 10-day quarantine and let's face it i mean so far this season cmu has been a little bit shaky i don't i don't want to say it but they've been a little bit questionable with some of some of these games that have kind of gone down to the you know gone down to the wire in, in a way and it's not necessarily something that you think about but and it's I mean like you said I mean Bowling Green won the regular season championship snapping the streak but as as a team, I mean, how do you think a quarantine or a pause? Again, not speculating, but I, I guess we are speculating in a way, aren't we? But should, yeah, we're going to totally speculate. Should seem you have to enter a quarantine or a pause? How do you think that would? What? How do you think it would affect the team? But what, might it be a good thing that they get a little bit of a break? Like what? What are you kind of thinking with this? See, that's kind of a dilemma. Where, yeah, obviously, when you play in the grind like they do, a break can always be good. But at the same time, this team is made up of a bunch of gym rats. You know, Michaela Kelly's always in the gym. Molly Davis is always in the gym. Um, it's going to be tough <laughs> if they can't go to the gym and practice for ten days. Um, you know, they, they obviously anybody at this, who plays at this level loves basketball, but the, how hard they work is, is you know, unquestionable. So if they have to take such a, a layoff, it's going to hurt because, you know, you can't get shots up. And the thing about going to Cleveland is everybody wants to be playing their best basketball, and it's going to be awfully difficult to play your best basketball if you can't practice for however long. So that'll be tough. Um as far as, you know, like you said, the they have struggled, especially down the stretch in some of these close games, and, you know, giving up big shots, not getting stops on defense, and then not hitting the big shots on the other end, like we'd kind of grown accustomed to them doing last season. So, yeah, it's definitely been a different year for them. Um, but, you know, things can change on the flip of a coin. So if they can get to Cleveland, they can make some noise for sure, but – not having any practice time um, in in that scenario, not having any practice time would be detrimental in my opinion because everybody else is, is hitting their stride. And I think it's Ohio's missed a couple of games now too. So just not, not a super great time for, for anybody. And it just reminds us all that we got to be on our guard 24 seven. Yeah, that's a true statement. <laughs> just 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 thinking about it 
it's all about perspective. You know, a lot of people could be could be really pissed off, like, oh man, CMU's not going to go to Cleveland. Oh my God, you know they played such a great season. Well, they did, but we got to remember we're in a pandemic season right now. Something we haven't seen in a hundred years. So, like you said, I mean, it's a shoveling time, but, you know, it's, it's all about perspective. You got to think about the fact that they're even playing right now is just incredible. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, anytime we talk about anytime we talk about COVID with with the with coaches and players, they're always very thankful to the university for providing the access to testing so then they can get out and play and then you know stuff happens like stuff like this happens where you know maybe not again not even maybe a positive test within the, the team but the contact tracing piece of it regardless you just almost have to kind of sit back and and be thankful that there is even a season to enjoy in the first place. So I know it, I know it's it's tough and and again there's you know there's nothing saying that you know the women's team isn't going to go play in Cleveland. We just simply don't know, but if if they're not able to, you know, you just kind of have to sit back and think, you know, let's just be thankful that there was even a season Coming from a fan's perspective, of course, but um, yeah, it's 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 just one of those things. One of troubling sign the times, like Christian has said. Um, one other women's basketball note, I think we wanted to hit on real quick. Uh, Michaela Kelly hitting the two thousand point mark is um, pretty impressive, and it's in fact it's it's um, it, it elite like impressive uh, I think what she's the third Chippewa to hit the, the mark what, Presley Hudson of, of course the all time leading Central Michigan scorer both men and women and then uh, Crystal Bradford hitting the 2000 point mark and, and the crazy part about what Kelly has done is she hit the she hit the 1000 point mark last December so, I mean, she, she scored almost a thousand points in, well, she scored over a thousand points in just over a year. Now, I know, you know, December, early December to, to, we'll call it mid February, but there's, that's still a lot of points. And she's taken over that role as the team's leading scorer in almost every game. And she, I know she was nationally, um, one of the national leading scorers last year and really has put up the same numbers this year. But um, obviously, I mean, Christian, you've been following along with, with the women's team almost exclusively um, this se- this season. Just w- what about, what about, about Kelly and her just impressive scoring prowess? She's just so quick, man. Like, Anytime the ball is on the floor, she's getting on it. She's taking two dribbles, and then she's already to the rim, and she's scoring. Um, she can score 10 points in two minutes. It's 
just kind of outstanding the way that she can take over a game. And she's done that a couple of times this year, but last year especially, uh, when she was going out and getting hers every single night, um, got 2,000 and then um, – I don't know what officially her total stands at now, but I know she passed Crystal Bradford for second place all time. Crystal Bradford had 2,006 points. Uh, Kelly passed that in the third quarter um, after she got the 2,000 in the second quarter of that game at home against Toledo. Um, so, yeah, she's outstanding. She gets downhill really easily within the offense, and then she's still a really good perimeter shooter. Um It'll be interesting to see whether or not she elects to take the extra year. Um, I I don't know. I'm leaning towards no because Heather's made mention of her her hopes to play in the pros. Um, so I'm thinking maybe that's what's next for her. But if she does take another year, um, it'll be interesting to see where the max standings have central Michigan stacking up because I would assume they're, they'll be right near the top again. Well, that's exactly the point. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I think she, she would be successful in some kind of pro career, whether it's the WNBA going overseas, similar to Presley Hudson and Raina Frost, or just, well, and Crystal Bradford too, but it, it, even, what, however, whichever route she decides to go, I think she would find success in the pros. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if like you said, if she decides to come back, like that team, like we we were talking, like this this year's team is excellent. I I think they're excellent. At least you know the the backcourt with with Kelly and, and Molly Davis is just fantastic. Uh, the front court is the starting front court. I think is is excellent as well. And and obviously you got to throw, you have to make mention of uh, Maddie Waters, also a guard. But the the way that lineup works out, you can you can have you can have it go either way. You can either have three forwards or three guards. Um, and you know, like Heather uses. Guards and forwards pretty interchangeably. I mean, Anika Weeks plays both a three, four. She could probably play close to a five, but she plays a three or a four um, without without hesitation. But um, but yeah, I mean, really, like you said, depending on who who wants to come back, who wants to. play one more season plus what whichever freshman they bring in they're going to be electric next season yeah i agree with you man um it's tough to project where they'll finish um simply because of how this year turned out and you know obviously on paper they should be number one on paper this year they should have been number one but you know, sometimes you, the ball don't bounce your way, and I think that's a prime case of what's happened this year. So, um, the, you know, the Bowling Green's been a surprise. There's some other teams. Northern Illinois is a surprise. And um, it'll be really interesting to see because, like I, like I said, on paper they should be number one. They were number one this year. Um, but what you are on paper and what you are in games is two different things. So... 
obviously all the talent in the world if all if all three of them decide to come back but um, late game finishing I think is huge for them and and they struggled with that this year um, but hey this is a learning experience because this is a group that's won every year so they've kind of taken it on the chin this year and um, maybe they learn from it they decide that maybe they're hungry and decide to come back and then I think it'd be really fascinating to see what happens with them next year yeah no doubt and 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 one of those things being hungry like that you know we talked about it with kind of our valentine's day episode our tinder episode right um or bumble you know tinder or a bumble whichever one you prefer um but still um you know them not being the one seed might actually play in their favor. I mean, I know you have to beat the best teams in the MAC to win the MAC anyway, but kind of that pressure of being on that pedestal of winning four straight regular season championships, you know, it might actually do them some good to be able to kind of step away from that and be like, all right, we're we're the hunter now, not the hunted. So let's let's go let's go get after it and get down there uh, and take care of business if they're able to. So, but yeah, uh, roster would be electric. Like I said, next year if they're able to make it, if they're able to have a lot of or have people come back, you know. Um, so, uh, let's see. Some other news around CMU. Wanted to get to that real quick. Um, volleyball team earned a weekend sweep of Akron with a five-set victory on Thursday and a 3-1 victory on Friday. Um, we got a cool little side story coming in about um, the team's mindset about defending McGurk, kind of their their mantra, their motto, their mindset. As the season kind of hits the second half point, uh, they so they'll play, they played 12 games of the 22-game season, which, you know, the schedule lines up. Like the half, you know, you can't really do like a halfway grades or whatever because the halfway point, there's a, a game the next night. So, yeah, whatever, works out, but... Um. Yeah, Chippewas are seven and five. Um, have the MAC leading Bowling Green, which is ten and zero, um, coming in next weekend. Um, let's make sure to follow along with staff reporter Catherine Schultz for that one. Um, but yeah, a lot of good stuff with the volleyball team. Uh, three in a row or four in a row, excuse me. So good, good vibes heading for. <laughs> volleyball team. I can't believe I just said that. The gymnastics teams, again, we're recording this on Sunday. They have a meet against Bowling Green um, on Sunday. So we obviously don't have a result for that one yet, but make sure to follow along with Noah Woolbrick for that one. Um, well, you can look back at it on CM Life Sports on Twitter. <laughs> See, there's my plug. Uh, let's see. 
we'll talk about wrestling in depth here a little bit. And I think... Oh, the softball team is open at season. Um, let's see. I'm trying to remember. I don't. I don't have anything pulled up in front of me. Actually, like I said, we're in a socially distanced room, and I can't remember the the softball team win. Yes, they, did they took a win on Saturday. They took two wins. They're one and one right now. They won. Well, no, they won Friday. They lost yesterday. Okay, so the softball team won its opener on Friday, lost on Saturday, and has another game on Sunday. I, I do apologize for that. I admit I don't have anything pulled up. Um, you know, we're just kind of hanging out at this point, but um, cool. So excellent news on the softball team picking up a win in the opener. Uh, baseball team had its season or not Jesus had its weekend series canceled against Bellarmine. Um, so that three game or four that, that set has been canceled and will not be made up according to the language used by the team. Um, both teams, I think, come home. And we'll start playing conference games and, and home games, I believe, in April. So have to wait a little bit to go see them play at Margot Yonker Stadium and, and Tennyson Stadium. But uh, hopefully we can get some fans in, in both of those venues so we can do, so you guys can go ahead and enjoy those two teams. Um, that said, I... It would be, I think, incorrect for us to not talk about men's basketball. It's March, but I don't see any madness from the men's team taking a what six-point loss against Ball State on Saturday, mathematically eliminating the Chippewas from the tournament. But like like we said, with that contingency plan that the MAC has put in place, there's still a technicality, a possibility that the that the men's team could go to Cleveland. But a lot, let's just face it, a lot of crazy shit would have to happen with that. <laughs> yeah, and and one of the crazy things that would have to happen is they'd have to beat a conference team not named Eastern Michigan, um, which hasn't happened yet this year. So, <laughs> kind of a dig there, but it's the truth. Um, no, it's just been kind of a tough year. There's, with what Keno Davis likes to do, he likes to bring in guys uh, from the JUCO market. It's tough because they didn't get the summer to learn to play together and build that continuity. So, um, it's difficult to, to project what they would have done with an entire summer together. Plus, they've been drilled by the injury bug lately. So, just it's tough for them to play when they don't have the ball bouncing their way hardly ever. Um, There's some good pieces on this team. Caleb Huffman, Mikel Murray, uh, Ralph Basaith. Those three guys. This I, The one thing I will say about what they've done this year is Keno Davis has brought in guys who have 
contributed. I mean, you know, you look at some of his past recruiting classes and you get a Sean Roundtree and a Larry Austin, but you also get a guy like Kevin Hamlet who really never found his footing here. Um, you know, Dallas Morgan, Rob Montgomery. Um, but then again, there's just... There's guys, there's always one or two in every bunch that just never really find their footing. But what Central Michigan's been able to do is, you know, Malik Muhammad's been all right at times. He, You know, his problem is he, he fouls a lot, and if he can kind of get that figured out, then he's going to be all right. Um, Huffman can score with anybody. Murray can get to the basket. Ralph Basate is developing into a really good swing man, you know, a guy who can play inside out. Um and then there's some other pieces in there as well. So, I mean, it's just tough because they hang in games for 36, 37 minutes and then it falls apart. So, um, their their goal should be to, fit, to finish the year with another win, get another win under the belt. It's going to be tough if Devontae Lane and Trevon Broadway don't come back. But um, if I had to guess, I think a lot of these guys are going to be back next year. So, you're going to be looking at pretty much the same exact team. Um, and hopefully they can be healthy because I think when everybody's healthy, this is this is a team that's capable of winning some basketball games. Yeah, I mean, and you've seen it this year. I mean, they had a lot of, I mean, they, some you know they had a couple of blowouts, but I think most of those games have been pretty close. Most of those games, you know, team you've been been in, um, and like you said, some and 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 it's not just okay. Yeah, you can look at the JUCO guys fellow uh, staff reporter Mitch Vosberg did. He kind of dug in all the numbers. Um, and it, quite frankly, it's just a really impressive sh- spreadsheet that he put, a couple of spreadsheets that he put together. So be on the lookout for an analysis on that coming up. But, um, you know, you can look at all the JUCO guys, but one thing Keno did, I think, really well with this 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 crop of guys that have come in is that they're they're big. They're not just... You know, he didn't bring in a bunch of guards and expecting a, a, a six six guy to go in there and and rebound against some of these you know six eight six ten forwards, right? Uh, so yeah, I, th- I definitely think you know Keno's done that really well to bring in some size to to this program. Cause they need it. So yeah, I. I like I like the way that this team looks. Um, maybe not like and like Christian said. I, I I think you can attribute a lot of it to the to the injury bug. I mean, yeah, the the loss to Division Two Flagler. I think they just hadn't really gelled yet. I'm not going to make excuses. You shouldn't be losing to a Division Two team, but Flagler has gone on to win some pretty important games. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can say, oh, you can say what you want about about the team, but at the end of the day, I mean, there's definitely the prospect of bringing in junior college guys. It, it's it's a bit of a it is a bit of a struggle. Um, I think, but at the, at the same time, you know, As a team, you kind of do have to figure it out, and you have to figure out how to not let a six zero run swell to twelve. You know, somehow find a way to to cut runs down against some of these big teams in the MAC. But uh, you know, 
it, it you know it kind of it you kind of have to look at it as it is what it is at this point. Um, you know, two games left. Both of them are at home, I do believe. Toledo on Tuesday and Northern Illinois on Friday. Both those tips are scheduled for uh, five o'clock. So uh, you can follow along with, like I said, with Mitch Vosberg on that one. Um, I five o'clock. I might actually be able to get to that one. So I'm, I might be able to get to both the season finales. Um, so you can follow along with Mitch and myself on Friday, and then Christian and myself on Saturday uh, for the women's women's game. Um, see and like i said earlier uh really not much in the way of segways today i'm just not feeling segways but the cmu wrestling team had a huge weekend at the mac championships in lawrenceville new jersey Ryder university hosting the championships this year um Drew Hildebrandt, Dresden Simon, and Matt Stencil all have gone back-to-back to to win MAC championships individually in their respective uh, weight classes. So, big time congrats to those guys. Um, You know, something that we... You know, I, I think about it a lot when it comes to the wrestling team. I, I know a lot of the wrestling fans think about it. Um, but those those three guys, I think, are the definition of Borelli built. You know, some some people I have heard, and I, completely dis- I honestly completely disagree with it, that Borelli has lost his fire. No. I don't. I, I don't agree with that. You know. I think. I think. Um, I think Borelli's done a lot of great things with the team. And you know, looking back at the last three years, so we'll go back to the 2019 season. They had one senior with Jordan Atienza, who was excellent. He maybe didn't win all of his matches. But he in, in some of those middleweights, it's hard to win those middle those those middleweights and um, they're ultra competitive. Again, he was the the one senior on the team. And then you go back to twenty twenty, Logan Parks was the only senior on the team. Both of those guys have shown that they're excellent leaders and that they did a lot of things right and they learned a lot in their I want to I always want to say four years but it's realistically like six um, but th- they've learned a lot in their time at CMU and under Borelli um, and then and then you look at Hildebrandt Simon and, and Stencil I, I you you really focus on Hildebrandt and Stencil because those are the bookend boys right you start the duel you start a duel with Hildebrandt he usually gets you Bonus points, you know, usually four or five points to the duel, and then Stencil comes in and and wraps things up, usually with a pin or uh, again with some bonus points. But you can almost always count on a win from those two. I mean, you look at you look at the duel 
at Missouri, uh, kind of in that midpoint of the season. Everyone else fell to Missouri. Everyone lost to their Missouri opponents. Hildebrandt got a win, and Sensel got a win, both against ranked guys. So that's huge. Um, but yeah, and you know, thinking about those three, I mean, lots of impressive, lots of impressive things that these that those guys have, have done. And again, with that eligibility rule, they might not be done. Um, I talked to Stencil in the beginning of the season, and I, 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 it slipped my mind the the extra year of eligibility. But he and I were talking, and I said, "Look, man, one last go around. You know, what are some of the goals?" And he's like, "Well, it might not be. I might be. I might come back. Who knows?" I'm like, "Oh, right. I forgot that that's a possibility." But yeah, just a lot of, like I said, just a lot of cool stuff that that those guys have been able to do. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the team championships are on Sunday. Let me, let me just double check that real quick. But I think the um, team championships are right here on Sunday. And with Sensel's win, um, you know, that's, that's his fourth. Uh, that is very well. It's elite. He's he becomes the ninth wrestler in CMU history to to win four MAC championships in, in a particular weight class. <laughs> and, and and you know if he comes back. Which, who knows, he might. And I get it, it would be, I'm going to say it, don't hurt me, unprecedented. But he comes back, he wins, a, I mean, he would almost guaranteed win a fifth. You know, okay, an injury could happen, something could happen. Obviously, we're not wishing that. But most likely, most likely, he would win a fifth. Mac championship. So that is what you want to see as as a coach if you're Borelli. I'm still still uh oh I think I've lost my mind. Yeah, pretty sure I've lost my mind here. Because it looks like that the... Oh, here's the team standings. I found them. Yep, makes sense. Missouri wins the so I was I was completely wrong. I'm glad I double checked before I started spewing off some nonsense. Missouri won the team championship. Central um and it wasn't particularly close, but Central still finished second. Um Missouri Okay, so let's just look at this. Missouri finished with a score of 188.5. 
Central finished with a score of 129.0. That's almost ridiculous. I mean, and, and ridiculous, you know, I mean, ridiculous, whatever. Missouri has won the MAC, it seems like, for the last hundred years, which I know is incorrect, but when. So it was kind of explained to me, and I, I mean, a lot of fans are going to understand this, but. When Missouri joined the SEC. The SEC doesn't have wrestling, so you have to, you you can't have two, I guess, programs, two teams, if you will, in different Power Five conferences, so Missouri couldn't stay in the Big 12 for wrestling when Missouri moved to the SEC, so Missouri had to move to the Mid-American Conference and has just wreaked havoc since joining the Mac. So, you know, it good, good for them, but, you know, Central has still shown some, some, some incredible, incredible dominance. I guess Central was similar to Missouri before Missouri showed up. So, um, and now I guess Missouri is Central. You have to follow along. You kind of have to follow my words you know what I'm, you know what I'm driving at here, but you know a lot of a lot of good uh, a lot of good stuff from that wrestling team. Christian, I know you're not necessarily all that familiar with the wrestling team, but I know you 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 follow along with the team pretty pretty well, pretty decently. What do you make of all of the uh, nonsense that I just spewed off about for the last like ten minutes? No, I think it's really cool, you know, to see how. Tom Borelli has built this quite literally program. He's built it. And um, once again, you've got the two guys, excuse me, and Hildebrandt and Stencil who claim MAC titles, Simon winning a MAC title. So again, it doesn't look like they're quite on the level of Missouri. I don't think really anybody within the MAC is. And I don't think a whole lot of teams are nationally, but um, to see how competitive this squad is, is just such a great thing for the university. And, um, it's 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 fun to watch. It's fun to follow along with, and and Tom Borelli's a a really good guy too, uh, just from observing him the couple of times that I have. So, it's neat to see all this going on. And um, at the end of the day, it's just another example of the successful successful athletic department that the uh, Chippewas are kind of starting to build. Yeah, I mean, there's a a lot, like you said, a lot of. A lot of great stuff going on around um, the athletic department, be it, you know, the football team getting ready to start spring football, um, the women's basketball team, you know, winning and showing some success, the wrestling team winning, you know, several guys winning MAC championships and stuff like that. You know, it's 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 good to see. And I think I think fans are pretty happy about it, obviously, you know, the fact that they can't go see their teams, I'm sure, you know, really stinks. In fact, no, I, I know it really stinks. Um, and, yeah, I'm just excited to get some fans. Get You know, I think I talked about it before. 
but I'll just mention this again. The thing I am most excited about for getting people back in McGurk, you know, I, I love I love the fans. I love seeing people, uh, especially, you know, it, you know, I run into somebody I know, you know, while I'm over, over there covering a game or something. It's it's a it's a really neat experience. But I miss the six man band. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, when I when I really started at CM Life, I was covering both basketball teams, the wrestling team, the gymnastics team, and the basket, especially the women's games. The, those one o'clock tips on a Saturday, you know, places we'll call it two thirds full. Six man band is just rocking and rolling. Those are those are the things that I miss. You know, I don't. You know, being being on the floor. I mean, I'm not going to take it for granted. I but I don't necessarily. You know, that's not that's not anything I miss. But seeing the people and hearing the six man band, man, though that I think is what I miss the most uh, in terms of people. Other than that, Christian, do you got uh, got anything before we wrap this thing up? No, sir. I think I'm all set. Sweet. All right. Um, well, I'm, I know I already I know I already plugged it, but you're gonna have to listen to me one more time. Uh, make sure you follow along with us at CM Life Sports over on Twitter. You can follow Christian at Seaboer underscore. Follow me, Chastain AJ, for all the updates um, while concerning the women's team and what's going on in Cleveland. Um, Hopefully, we'll be able to make the trip. Um, you know, CMU, CMU's going to be there. We will be there as well. But, um, yeah. So, so there's my first plug. Uh, you can follow all of our main social media channels, CM Life on Twitter, Central Michigan Life, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, follow our YouTube channel, CM Life Video. Uh find us on on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. I have several podcasts, including one a, on Sportsmanlike Conduct, the revamp edition with Mitch and Christian, the pro sports show where they talk, you listen. I love that tagline. Thank you, Andy McDonald, for that. But, um, yeah, I think think that just about does it again for all of our all of our social media channels find our podcast cmlifeandlife.com you know where to find us we appreciate the support and uh, appreciate you tuning in so until we meet again for our multimedia editor ben ackley for christian i'm austin we'll talk to you again soon